Welcome to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host. So today I want to start with an interesting statistic that might surprise you. Did you know that 40% of caregivers in the United States are men? When we think of caregivers, we usually think of daughters taking care of their parents. And it's true that the average caregiver is a woman, about 49 years old, and she's taking care of a parent. But that still leaves us with a whipping 40% of caregivers who are men. Now, men often report that they, they feel this struggle with the idea of nurturing someone. Uh, they can feel stressed about taking on a role that they may not have had experience with before. So today, we focus on the guys who take care of their loved ones and the resources that are out there to care for them. So today we're invited Stan Cuthall. Uh, Stan is a local musician and life coach, and he has done a lot of work with men. He's here to talk about his experience being a caregiver for both of his parents in what he has seen other men uh, do who, that he has worked with. So if you think men can be good caregivers, I want you to think again. Coming up on Prepare to Care. So Stan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So first, tell us a little bit. You cared for both of your parents, your mom and your dad. How did that come came about for you? Well, I, um, I have two brothers, so the option of having a sister or a female was not there. So uh, I'm the oldest, and um, both my parents are deceased. My mother passed away first, and my father. Uh, they were divorced, so they were separate. Um, and the roles that I played were similar and different. Um, so would you like me to talk a little bit about Yeah, the, tell the, us a little bit. So first with your mom. How yeah. did you become a caregiver for your mom? Um, I think my caregiving with her began almost before she, she had a fall. And then she went into the hospital and never came out. Uh, and there was really no particular reason other than I think it was her time to go. So my caregiving for her looked like being present for her, being there every day, uh, giving her somebody to talk to, uh, letting her know that it was okay, that everything was fine. Uh, to a certain degree, managing my brothers to make sure one brother came in from out of town, to make sure that my daughters came, to any of the family that came. And, uh, and with my youngest brother, my role as a caregiver to my mother was to help him because he, he would just didn't, he just wanted to deny it. And I noticed that with men a lot, if it's an emotional issue, sometimes they just deny it. He would bring her the wall street journal till the day she died. So, so what I'm hearing is, is several things. It's like, uh, caring for your mom's needs. Um, caring also for the family and being like the person who managed the family, particularly one of your brothers um, who, who denied these feelings. Did, did you play a role also in regards to like doctors, uh, retirement home, those folks? Yes. Both of them uh, were in retirement homes, if you will, assisted living. And although they managed them within there, there's a constant communication that has to go. And with my mom, um, there was this kind of Jekyll and Hyde that went on as being a nice person. And all of a sudden as she got older uh, and those filters went away, I was getting calls like your mom's unruly <laughs> and, and, uh, and all the things that she never was. And right. so how did I deal with that? And I dealt with that by just acknowledging that, you know, that was just part of her, how she was 
dying, I guess. Right. And again, just holding space for that and letting her have her say. And, and with your dad, how things were things different with your dad? Uh, they they both had you know with both of them the similarities were that they had people around that would do the things like changing their you know if they wet their bed or they had problems and a couple of times I had to step in and it was very uncomfortable and uh, and, and I had some training in the past with the Mankind Project that dealt with learning how to be a man and being integrity and being accountable and being able to be present emotionally. So in those situations, there were times where I just stepped out and cried. Mm. And, and so you, you said that that was hard. There yeah. were some hard moments, yeah. like, uh, you know, when they were, I guess, in situation where, where they were vulnerable, yeah. that made you want to cry. Yeah. So you said because of, of some work that you did, particularly with this organization, the Mankind Project, you were able to face that. Um, for men who have not done that kind of work, what would be your piece of advice for them? Um, you know, I've always said showing up is nine-tenths of everything. I think that's the big thing, is physically working through whatever fear that they might have to physically go and be there, to physically make the phone call, to physically ask if there's anything that can be done. Because instead of just not showing up or putting that off on somebody or to leaving them by themselves. So well, is my understanding that maybe a, a possibility is if someone doesn't deal with their emotion, then they might want to like not show up. And really showing up is part of the work. Oh, right? absolutely. I mean, if I wouldn't have gone through what I went through, I don't think I would have been able to be present for both of my parents. Because mm -hmm. both of them passed away after I had completed that and done a lot of staffings and working with men and done some life coaching. So I, there's no way that I could have done that to that degree. To that degree. Right. So the so the work you had uh, you done like being kind of emotionally ready to right. to face whatever was coming right. their and way. And there's a lot of men in the circles that have faced this, and they talk about this, and they share some of their problems, and they share their fears of not knowing how to show up, or if they, their emotions they have, have never cried, so they don't know what to do when they're overwhelmed, so they leave, or you know, and so they are in the question all the time: Did I do enough for mom? Did I do enough for dad? Or they may be mad at some old anger and they, you know, don't want to show up because they're angry. And so I think those are things that, for whatever reason, the female in the family has been that nurturer and the men are learning to be a nurturer and to, for their parents. So, so for a man, there might be a, a little bit of a, it's a learning curve. It's Absolutely. awkward. It's very awkward. It's painful. It's, it's scary. Uh, and it's hard to go, go through. Um, you know, to watch your parents. You so know, tell us a little bit about the awkward moments that you had to face and how you went through that. Well, as I mentioned to you, the first awkward moment that comes to mind was when I got the call that my mom, who was, you know, did everything right, uh, Miss Manners and everything, was all of a sudden telling the, the people that she didn't want to do the exercise, that she didn't want to work, she wasn't going to do it. And she always did that. And so my first response was, you must have the wrong person. That's not my mother. And they said, no, it is your mother. And so there were phone calls like that where I didn't know what to really, didn't know what to do. So how did you handle it? Well, I went back and talked to my wife and I went and, you know, took to my friends, my circles and talked about it. And I realized that that was just her way of dealing with death and her way of dealing with fear. And so, again, I just needed to go there and acknowledge uh, to her um, that it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Um, did you see, since you care for, for both your mom and your dad, did you see differences in being the caregiver for your mom versus being the caregiver for your dad? 
Um, yes. Um, my mom more was losing her mental faculties. So where my dad was losing more is physical, more of that. And so there was a little different. And the mental part was harder in some aspects of driving by our old house when we moved her to the new assisted living and her not recognizing where we grew up. It must have been hard. Right. And with dad, it was more of how slow do I want to walk down the hallway? Okay. So I don't like zoom ahead of him and so that, you know, make him feel less than. So there was some adaptation both ways. Yeah, there was adaptation on both. And they both went, you know, from the time that they were, what, quote, quote, normal to the time that they, quote, quote, went, you know, and passed away. It was a relatively short period. So it wasn't over extended, you know, it was a couple years in my dad and, you know, a year or so with my mom. Okay. So so you cared for your mom for, for about a year, for your dad for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. So that's three years of your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so when it when it ended, when that part of your life ended, how how did you manage the feelings about that? Were there feelings about that? Um, yeah, I mean it it, it for with there you know, it's like with dad, I would drive out every week to see him. And there were times that I just, you know, didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. I just, the part of me that just didn't want to face it, it was bad weather or whatever, and I just went and did it. And I was always glad I did. And so that ritual for both my mom and my dad were gone. Uh, all of a sudden, boom. And, um, and at first, there was a little bit of relief because it's a lot of work to do this day in and day out. And then all of a sudden, I missed him. You know, and so... Uh, so, so being the caregiver, I mean, you, you, I think you're pointing something that's really true. It is a lot of work. As a man, you're not necessarily thinking that that's going to be your role. Suddenly you step in. It's, it's a great deal. You drive there, you take care of dad, and then it ends. Um, because of the work that you, that you did, you're able to recognize these emotions. Um, what do you think would be, what would you like to tell, you know, a, a guy who is in this situation who maybe just stopped being a caregiver? You know, what would you be, what would be your piece of advice for that? I think that uh, whether it's while they're doing it, as they finish, as they move on, is there's an honoring piece that, um, you know, with our parents. I think it's a time of completion. And again, it goes back to being present, being there with them and checking whatever uh, agenda I have at the door um, to so that I can just be present for them. Tell us more about leaving the agenda at the door, like Um, while while you were caring for your parents. Well, in the circles that I've been in, there's a lot of men that just they, there's this misconception that men are, I mean, women are emotional, men are not. That's just wrong. Okay. I've been around men. There's highly emotional women that are not. Okay. So what I would tell men is be emotional. Cry with them. Mm -hmm. That it's okay to cry with your parents or with the person you're caring for. And, And how do you think that would change the relationship? Um... You know, in some cases, it may not change a lot, uh, the actual physical day-to-day stuff. Uh, in some cases, um, you know, people have those moments, like I had two years at the end of my life to reconcile with my dad, mm. and that was important. If he wouldn't have made the call or, you know, he happened to fall in his home, and he was a hoarder, so he had all this stuff, and if he would have 
passed away, I would have never had this opportunity. But he made the effort to do it, and so we had this time. And I recognized that. And I was able to do it. So if I had saw somebody and they were saying, hey, my dad's got this, you know, uh, I'm taking care of my dad. What would you, you know, what what can you tell me about that? Uh, I would say show up. Show up. Show up. Just physically show up. When you come to the door, take a deep breath and just realize that this is their end of their road. Right. We got lots more. Yeah. So it's the end of their road. T- take advantage of that yeah. time, in, in however it comes to you. Yeah. And though, interestingly enough, your, your dad, and you shared with me, was of that generation where men did not show their emotion. Right. So how did the caregiving relationship change things between you guys? Absolutely. In what ways? Um, it's hard to talk about. But... It's hard to talk about it, I bet. Uh, I think with him, he opened up. Yeah. You know, he let me see a piece of him. And it was tender. It was tender. Like, he was a tough guy, right? Which, which piece did he show you? Well, you know, he had been in all the wars, and he had been through, you know. I mean, my dad was, you know, badass. <laughs> he was a badass. <laughs> that generation, you know. And, uh, um... So, um, you know, just let me open the door for him. Let me put his walker in the car, you know. Let me do things that he would never let me do before, you know. And tell me the same story without me going, you told me the story. <laughs> right. You know, so just patience. Just patience. Patience. It's, it's not an easy time. You know, it's, it's a difficult time to go through it. If, as a, as a caregiver, if I really care, and I want this to be versus me just going filling in a blank and showing up and, and checking with the nurse, make sure he got his food and all that stuff. That's great. That's all going to be done. But I think there's a piece that, you know, these are our parents. Mm-hmm. And and w- if we run from it sooner or later, we will, uh, um, it will catch up with us. It will catch up. So I've used that time for both my parents to, uh, to, uh, um, to connect. And to let them know that it was okay. And with my mom, you know, she needed to know certain things that, you know, everybody was okay. And so I would go through and let her know, you know, about my daughters. So both of those relationships obviously changed you. And it sounds like for your dad, the the badass, the tough guy, right? For him to be cared for was a really big one. Yeah, and he still, right down to the end, he loved to argue about politics. So yeah. we'd get in there and we'd argue about it. And you know? still kept arguing. Oh, yeah. That's that's what he was just as stubborn as a day, or, you know. And <laughs> right. he'd tell me that I didn't know what I was talking about. And then, but, you know, what was different was he had a piece about him that I knew, you know, he was 92. And he would say, son, the pendulum will swing. Yeah. And it will swing over here and it will swing here. And it doesn't look like it right now. But if you live as long as I have, you'll see that it will swing. Sweet. So have trust. So what I heard from you, like, you know, speaking of, of your caregiving experience and, and what you've learned that would be helpful from for other men is show up. Yeah. Don't be afraid of your emotions. Yeah. And then, you know, you can let somebody else, you know, if you can, you know, take care of like the, the routine things, you know, like where they're going to leave the meals and so on, if you can do that. Right. Um, are there some parts or some things that you would do different if you could? I don't know if I'd do anything different. Uh, you know, I, I was really proud of myself on the way I showed up. 
and uh, um, uh, maybe having some more compassion with my brothers mm. uh, because they weren't at that place. And so, and it was an easy place for me to get angry. You know, if I was angry at dad, it was easy for me to get angry at my brother. At your brothers. Because yeah. you were in a family situation right. where there are three brothers, but right. you were the, the main Right, guy. I'm the oldest brother. And uh, and that doesn't necessarily always fall on me. Right. Uh, it did in this particular case. And um, um, and my younger brothers, you know, they my youngest, he did a great job. And he just was like directing, but I got tired of directing people. So it's, right. again, you know, some days I go home just <clears> exhausted. <throat> And uh, to making sure everybody's in the right place. And uh, um, so maybe you said there were some days where you were exhausted, making sure everybody was in the right place. Yeah. So phone rest, calls, phone visits, calls. you know, insurance companies, human resources, uh, you know, all the above going and finding all this information to, you know, to have resources. And so having like resources here with AARP, I mean, it's awesome. Because, you know, most of the men that I've dealt with, they don't have a clue. They, they want to be there for their parent, and they want to put their sister or somebody else, you know. And so I think we're at a time when, you know, men can stand up and say, I can take this. You know, I can deal with this, and it's okay. And, the, and, and I wanted to include my brothers. I wanted to include, and, you know, mom would have her friends coming over, and so I would have to go out and talk to them. And they're like, what's wrong with her? I'm, I don't know. Right. It's her time. And so it also, you you know, they would call me and I was having to write emails because one brother who was in denial kept writing that everything's fine. Right. And I'm, I'm going, no, it's not fine. And so it never stopped. It never stops. You, you're dealing with, so what I heard is you're dealing not only with the other caregivers, but with the family, yeah. with the with the family dynamics, with the friends, and looking and asking for help. That might be helpful. Yeah, that's one thing that... And I, I don't know if that's a man thing, but it, I, it, I know it's true in the circles that I've been in is that for men to ask directly for help. When my dad called uh, and he had fallen and, and gotten up and it was like, hey, if you have time this morning, I could use your help. And, and you know, why not just, hey, can you come over here? I fell down. Right. And I mean, a dire situation. Yeah, it was like if you if you happen to be by here getting lunch and you think about me and, and it was and here he is, he needs it desperately. So really asking for help is a really big one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Stan. Um, this is all the time that we have today, but thank you so much for sharing your experience. And um, man, if you're listening, what we heard today is um, acknowledge those feelings. Um, take advantage of the caregiving situation because it, it brings gift and ask for help, which is what this podcast is about. Um, and so, show up. And show up. Thank you, Stan. <laughs> so if you thought this podcast was helpful, or if you have guy friends who are taking care of loved ones, please, please invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast. You can find our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and also on the AARP website. That's aarp.org slash Houston PTC. And as always, thanks for listening and thanks for caring.